So actually getting businesses from the top down to really engage and feel and live what, what are they up to in the world is very attractive to potential customers and it's very attractive to great talent and to retain great talent. So step one is that let's get clear about what's the difference that we're making in the world and what's the difference that not only we're making to our customers, but enabling them to make to their customers and helping people to think that next layer deeper has unleashed some really good creative ideas and a lot of engagement. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi guys, Gavin here, episode number 128 of the Business Mastermind Podcast. Welcome back, book launch week, we're two days away, the 30th, the July the 30th, Thursday, we're launching Survive and Thrive, how to secure, scale and succeed in business. And as part of my series, I've jumped on a podcast interview where I'm being interviewed by podcast guru, master who's helped people launch over 100 different podcasts. I had a really insightful consultation with him about how I can improve what I'm doing on the Business Mastermind podcast. And James kindly uh, invited me onto his show, Build the Brand. So this, what I'm going to be sharing with you today, today's conversation is James interviewing me. You hear a bit more about my background, the early stages of my coaching, the influences on my life, uh, the story from the age of 15 and what got me into personal development and growth. James, of course, ribs me about my quarter of a century of experience and um, also some of the earlier influences on me as well and about uh, and influences around mindset and visual visualization and setting goals. So I think you'll find it a bit of a, you know, pull the curtain back, a bit of an insight into into me, uh, into my background, but also it tells you a little bit more about the book and about the fundamental model in the book, the Strategy Compass, a model, a proven model that I've used to help businesses double in a year on a number of occasions and get phenomenal results with applying that to businesses. So if you want to find out more about the book, then head over to www.surviveandthrive.cc. That's surviveandthrive.cc. Yeah, head over there now. You can grab yourself a free copy. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just need to cover the cost of the shipping and the handling. www.surviveandthrive.cc. Over to James Burt now to interview me on his podcast, Build the Brand. So if you have been a long-time listener of Building the Brand, thanks for doing that, by the way. But if you've been a long-time listener of the show, you'll know that I every single week I get to interview people who are building exciting businesses and brands. And once in a while, I get to speak to people who are not only building an exciting brand themselves, but they're also the instigator, the fuel on the fire, etc., of other people building their successful brands. And today on the show, I've got one of those guys. I've got Mr. Gavin Preston on the show. He's got 25 years. I've got a list of your accolades here. We could be here a while, mate. 25 years <laughs> working with companies such as HSBC, Ford, Talk Talk, and even the UN. He's a KPMG qualified certified accountant, but don't worry, don't switch off. He's not a boring accountant. I've spoken to him before. He's a lovely man. He's also a master <laughs> business practitioner of NLP, a strategist, a coach, a speaker, an author, a business growth mentor. And he's also the host of his very own show, The Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin Preston, expert coach for a quarter of a century. 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 Welcome to the podcast. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here, James. Um, you're fascinated by a quarter of a century, but it's uh, sometimes I try to forget it. But I think it is relevant in terms of experience and the patterns that you see and the um, the ability to identify what needs to happen and change in the business. Yeah, 100%. And I might sort of bring it up a few times. It's not just to make you, uh, to aid you unnecessarily, but, <laughs> but do you know why? In, at the moment, there's so many quote unquote experts there's so many coaches there's so many mentors but in a lot of instances you know people have you know done a a udemy certification on being a life coach then all of a sudden they're telling people how to live their best life but actually you know you've got a vast experience that i know of and probably a lot of experience i don't know of in terms of really accelerating results and i think the fact that you've been doing it for a quarter of a century so said it again um <laughs> just just give sort of credibility to the skill set that you've actually got because you were a, you were a strategist and a coach and an advisor and a mentor before it was the cool thing to stick on your instagram profile i mean Insta- I start- you you started in the days where people weren't even using instagram they were using faxes 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm not afraid to say I'm 47 now. I did my first exec coaching piece as in executive leadership coaching gig in the city of London at the age of 26. And I had um, people looking at me. Um, and so I was um, kind of fresh out of having you know qualified as a chartered accountant. I was really into my NLP. I was doing loads of my NLP training. And then I was presented with... Uh, senior people in big blue chip corporates in the in the city um basically looking at me and going what can a 26 year old do to help me improve my game and i had to use all the coaching tools on myself in that moment you know go on prove it coach me and you know my my response was always the same is that i'm not an expert on your business you are or your area your 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 team and your role but what i am good on is i know a process that i can facilitate you through and my job here is to stimulate you to get you to think differently and to help to spot some areas in which you can improve and i know that i became I got invited onto the group with Aon, a big um, insurance and reinsurance broker, and they had a group of half a dozen uh, exec coaches that were doing a high potential program. And they had a really fantastic combination where you were given six of their high potential. So these were direct senior directors of the future. And um, your role there was to coach individually these six, but then also run we, in our language, would call them masterminds, but they were action learning sets um, for uh, for those six as well. So it was a fantastic dynamic. I was the, literally the new kid on the block amongst all the coaches. I was the young kid on the block, and I got some phenomenal results. I think out of the six people I coached, all five of them got a promotion within the first year, and the sixth person had just stepped into a new role, and I started to work with him, and my job was to help get him up to speed and comfortable in his new role. So that was a really exciting start, really, to my coaching career. What actually sort of got you into it in the first place? Because it's uh, sort of quite a quite a leap in imagination from expert, master, business practitioner, and coach, and strategist, and certified accountant. So, was it you just sort of chucked your your hat into the ring at any given opportunity to to be involved in this kind no, of stuff see- in the business? Yeah, there's a massive leap between chartered accountancy and and, and, and getting into the space that I, I do really in, around coaching. I suppose less so now around the str- strategy sir, stuff. But it started at the age of 15. My dad handed me a book when I was studying for my GCSEs. And the book was called The Success, the Success System That Never Fails by W. Clement Stone. And W. Clement Stone was a massive mate fan of Napoleon Hill. And in in the book was Napoleon Hill's famous, infamous quote, what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And my dad said to me, Gavin, think about getting nine A's at GCSE and say to yourself 50 times a day, what mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve, nine A's GCSE. And I did, because I didn't know any different. And I got my nine A's and it blew my mind. So book number two was, of course, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I got hooked. It's... um. Yeah, it's a bit sad, really, that um, I was evidently a bore on dates because <laughs> I wasn't playing video games and going out and, you know, scoring the winning penalty. I was reading, reading self-development and personal development books. So, um, yes, a bit of an anorak, I think, but I just got it's made you cool now. It. Just 30 years later, it's made you very cool <laughs> yeah. 30 years down the line. That's fine. Yeah, I can now see why some of the girls that I was uh, <laughs> trying to attract back then but might not have been that interested. But um, I got a really strong grounding at university. I went and did an accountancy and finance. So the, the link back to accountancy and finance was, I think my dad said to me, right, um, sixth form time, you've got two career choices, law or accountancy. And um, evidently, looking back on it now, a little bit too compliant, I said, yes, okay. And I love business because my dad was in business, we grew up with business conversation around the dinner table. So I said, okay, accountancy then. And um, so when at university, everything I could do to try and eke or shift accountancy back to personal growth, business growth, I did. So my dissertation was on the common traits of successful entrepreneurs. The research for that, I found two life-changing, game-changing books, which, of course, you'll be very familiar with. So I was, what, 21, and I discovered unlimited – no, I discovered on a bookshelf in the castle where I was up at university, I discovered Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. I went, 
whoa, this is different because I got all oh, so many books that got a bit samey, but this is different. And then I sort of reversed that to unlimited power. And then I wrote to Tony Robinson saying, and to UPW and said, um, can I have a discounted or free ticket, please? Because I'm um, <laughs> because I'm studying this for my dissertation. And I got a, a note back, a letter back. I think this was possibly even before email. I got a, I got a note back that said, uh, thank you for volunteering to being on staff. And so there I was. I was on the, the fire team. They NLP'd you from the word go. That's fantastic. They did. So Tony's first a UK seminar, I think it was back in 92. Uh, so, yeah, I was on the fire team for that. But after I qualified as a chartered accountant, I got a shift and a move into BAE Systems where I was an internal management consultant. But I got an opportunity to move into their, on secondment initially, into their corporate university. And that was the massive leap that was the big opportunity where I was working on big change programs. I was facilitating workshops with the boards of directors of in multi-million pound business units. And I introduced a high-performance coaching capability into the top 650 directors. And I got a lot of the skills because I'd spent, like by that stage, three or four years heavily immersed in the world of Paul McKenna, Richard Bandler, and um, their business partner in the UK at the time, a guy called Michael Breen. So you were you were like an OG of the sort of the, the self-development space, if that makes sense. And the, the opportunity sort of... Uh, presented itself or sort of appeared or you know whether you believe in the law of attraction or the law of action or whatever it may be so you you get this opportunity at 26 to go into the sort of the corporate university is there a point within the process I'm just intrigued myself is there a point where you sort of have to spend more of your time during your day job doing the coaching mentoring bit than you are doing the accountancy bit was there a sort of a crossover period where you like oh actually oh no it was a switch because I was doing okay. a finance role it's a finance role and then I applied to on a secondment and I and I had a CV at this stage that basically said you know finance or accountancy um, but I had this passion and I went down uh, a guy I knew through work who became a friend through work had already made a move to work on this team and I met him through work and through the the kind of consultancy type activities that I was doing or had been doing within BAE BAE systems and I basically went to an assessment center and I managed to get chosen for the role which was amazing I still remember to this day the moment of elation where because this was my big break this was the thing I really to be honest wanted to be doing since since um school but I'd been I chose, I look back on it now, but I chose to be compliant um, and, and follow down the accountancy path. But I, I'll tell you what's, what's really helped. I've been in, um, ta- sat around a dinner table with a head of business banking for the, sorry, the head of commercial banking for the whole of the UK, his deputy, and several of their most senior people in a dining room at, on the 33rd floor of the HSBC Tower on Canary Wharf. And I could hold my own in that conversation about banking. And I remember walking out of that room, because for some time I've been thinking, why did I do that whole accountancy thing? But it gives me the gave me the credibility on the coaching side with that KPMG name behind me, but it gave me a lot of experience, insight, and knowledge and a thought a way of thinking that I could hold my own at that level. And therefore my I was respected more and my impact on my work was that much higher. You've mentioned your dad a couple of times already. What was your What was your dad's? Uh, what was his business? You mentioned he was in business. He was what did sales. He, do? he was sales. So he was a self employed, um, commission only salesman. So what he fed the family with was based entirely on his sales capability and the deals he closed that week or that month. And what What was he selling? So he um, he worked for the UK arm of an American. Uh, chemicals company so he was selling chemicals for things like water treatment for big industrial boilers or cleaning chemicals and things like that and it was the american company that had trained all their sales force with these sales books and sales training in the u.s that came over to yeah. the uk they passed that to me but you know he tells a story uh, and he dines out on it now bless him he's, he's knocking on the door of 80 so uh, he forgets how many times he's told the story um, but in the company that he worked for, they had a Christmas sales competition. And the top prize, first prize, was a round-the-world trip for for the employee and their part, their you know spouse. And the second, and he didn't want that. He, the second prize was a Mercedes, 
estate car, you know, Mercedes estate, and you could spec it you want now. Get this. God knows why, but he specced it. Brown. Brown Mercedes-Benz. Oh, strong. <laughs> a brown Mercedes-Benz estate with alloy wheels <laughs> and leather. And this, he, he kept banging on about this, going on about this, but he was teaching me the power of visualisation when I was a child, you know, and he was telling me, I've got this picture, and he showed me this picture, of the, a clipping from the the magazine where, you know, the car magazine, uh, obviously no Pinterest, and go, picture the car back. And he tells me the story that he was in the last week of this sales competition for this figures to count. And he was, he was a long way off his hitting his sales target. And he'd gone out to um, a mushroom farmer, a customer that had been a longstanding customer. And he was in the boiler house doing some work and some treatment. And the owner of the mushroom farm kind of like, crept up behind him and be, you know, said, hi, how you doing? And um, how are you? Oh, well, I'm good, but disappointed. He said, well, why? He said, well, I am so close to achieving my Christmas competition. Well, I thought I was, but a couple of deals have fallen through and I'm not going to do it. And the guy said, well, how much do you need? He says, oh, no, I'm not going to ask you. It's, it's just too much. He said, well, no, how much do you need? He said, look, I've got a choice. I either buy a year's worth of supply now and then and, and then save me paying the money extra money to the tax man. Sorry, I either buy it in a year's supply now or I pay the extra money to the tax man. And so the guy bought a whole year's worth of supply that afternoon, which put him fair, you know, fair and square in the and he won the he won the brown Mercedes estate with alloy wheels. And Amazing. When that drew upside outside home, I said uh something to gosh, uh I said, Oh dad, that's, you've got to um, seeing is believing. And he just looked at me and then he pointed, you know, tapped the side of his head and he said, no, you've got to see it here first, believe it, and then you'll have it there. And what what imprinting, what imprinting that had on me? Unbelievable. Was, was he a guy that sort of, um, I, I guess now based on that answer, I'm probably going to know what you would say next, but was he a guy who sort of would try and make you see his point of view or would he just sort of show the results and let you make up your own assumptions? I think he would. Um, I think. I think there's two answers to that. In, evident from me, uh, what I said about career choice, there was an element of make me do. But I think he saw the results I got from being handed the first book and the chain reaction. So he just fed that enthusiasm and that interest. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. <laughs> okay, so you said that you got... Uh... Co- not coerced, but you got in sort of told which direction you could go into. The first yeah. chapter of your new book actually says, "What happened to your dream? What what yeah. was what was the dream as a kid? If if Dad hadn't have forced you to be an accountant or a lawyer, what would you have done?" I I, I was fascinated by business um, at school in the sixth form. I was part of the young enterprise and it did a, a young enterprise competition. Uh, Dad had got into. It keeps coming up because the link back to business and motivation and achieving stuff. So 
um, he really took an increasing role as I grew up in as a teenager, as opposed to um, I don't think he ever changed a nap in his life. But you know, to visit that stage of his uh, of, of our upbringing. Um, so he was into network marketing, and so he encouraged me and my fellow buddies at school in our young enterprise scheme to sign up to John Pierre Sand Perfume. So as seventeen year old lads, we were selling knockoff perfumes. <laughs> <laughs> And we won the competition. We made the bigger sales and um, that just got me hooked. So the whole entrepreneurial journey bit was what really got me hooked. What does a, a guy like your dad, who's sort of like, you know, uh, W. Clement Stone, Think and Grow Rich, what did he think when you sort of made up, you, you sort of t- took the, the bull by the horns, you got the bit between your teeth, like, yeah, I like this kind of stuff. But then you turn up with like a Tony Robbins book, which back then must have been like the new age of motivation. What did your dad think of that? Was he like, oh, nonsense? Well, when I came back from the first UPW, my mum, my dad, my brother all thought I'd been taking something all weekend. (laughs) I was absolutely hyper. And so whilst um, my mum and my brother thought I was some kind of crackpot that joined a cult, my dad signed up to do the firewalk at the next UPW. So... (laughs) yeah he loved it kind of shows you the sort of the guy that he was though to see that enthusiasm and go do you know what buy buy into it entirely yeah yeah and and also i i saw seen him take massive massive jumps and leaps in his business career and um just through sheer belief visualization but most importantly really hard work and a huge amount of action taking he he, he's achieved something he's achieved some some great things so um that was again was a really good example about if you're determined enough and you work hard enough, then 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 you can be successful. What what have your siblings gone on to do? Did did, did dad sort of enthusiasm for mindset and motivation rub off on them as well, or did it did it sort of appeal or repel? Um, I think repel. So I have um, <laughs> you, you they all left Craig? home and they hate Tony Robbins. Uh, yeah, I have a brother, Craig, who um, for years, uh, so he lives down in London, and for years I would go in, when I did a lot of coaching in the city, I would stay over, and he just could not figure how I could get paid to coach people uh, in a senior exec position in a blue chip corporate for doing this mumbo jumbo <laughs> new age <laughs> shit, so yes. <laughs> he just And then eventually he started to hear names like HSBC and Aon, and he went, well, you're obviously doing something right. God knows what it must be, but you must be doing something right. So, yes, he, he was a, he was a, and probably is to a degree, a, a little uh, more skeptical. But I think more and more, as he's, he's, I think he sneakily checks out the podcast every now and again and shows some interest. Oh, there you go. What about your your wife? Are you, have you sort of attracted a a partner in life that's on the same sort of level of mindset and motivation as yourself, or is it a case of opposites have attracted in your instance? Oh, God, I didn't know I was going to ask this question. Um, so this is a really interesting one. I think it's about a second or third date. So she's got a background in the NHS. She qualified as a dietitian, got into NHS management quite young. So she was running large teams, um, at, at, certainly when I met her, of dietitians and speech and language therapists. And you will laugh at this because she said out of dinner, we were in Carluccio's in Chester, and she said, um, so you're a life... You're sorry, she, she she was winding me up because she knew I hated the phrase life coach. So what made you become a life coach? Where was the major traumatic breakdown moment in your life? <laughs> and I date number three, that's strong. That was strong. And um, I said, pardon, what do you think I'm a nut job? And uh, I went and told the story about actually how I'd been struggling with my GCSEs and I was handed this book and it really helped. So you did have a breakdown then. <laughs> Because in my experience, people in interpersonal development have had some kind of trauma in their lives. And I'd never seen that before. And you know what? I've gone and started to look and then just said, that doesn't make it wrong. People just go in search of solutions and they can find those within the development, the personal development realm. And to be honest, I think it, it it's great now to see my seven-year-old at school in the curriculum, they're talking about a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. So, you know, that one of the school values, uh, top behaviors in his primary school is be the very best that you can be every day. So what may have been poo-pooed by some 20 years ago 
I'm glad it's made its way to the schools now to be able to really transform people and their self-confidence and what they think about themselves. Interesting question for a guy who's got as much experience as you have. When you now look and you see that every other person is a coach and you see every other person on Instagram is a CEO or a you know mindset development executive or a peak performance analyst or whatever it may be, are you thinking, oh, great, you know, all boats rise in a high tide? Or are you thinking there's just so many smoke and mirrors being sold out there now that it devalues the actual sort of experts, the genuine experts in the space? I've been through that thought process as in, gosh, how do you stand out? There is so much noise and there are people that... Uh, are 10, 15 years younger than me. And and actually, I, I, I've dropped that thought process because it wasn't serving me. And for me, it's about, I've got a huge amount of ex- experience that spans a number of different sectors. So whether that's finance and accounting and commercial, it's strategy, it's mindset, it's marketing, it's ops. I've seen, you know, at, at 21, when I was training with KPMG, every week, at least twice a week, we were in a different company. And I, I used to be able to say that pre-lockdown, that virtually every week of my 25 years of working career, I've been in a different business. So I've seen and learned and experienced so much. I've been the other side of the fence, not just like consulting or coaching. I've scaled and grown business as part of the senior team, as part of the board. I know what works. I can see the early warning signs. I know what doesn't work. Some of the things that we've done have worked fantastically and some haven't. And all that's been a lesson as well. So I guess what I cut through to in those in answer to your question is what are the pragmatic things I can do to demonstrate uh, value, but to demonstrate to business owners how they solve that particular problem and how they grow? Very nice way of articulated the answer i'm not sure you actually told me one way or the other but i like the fact you sort of semi-swerved it in a very clever way okay so thank you for for challenging me again on that all right so my biggest my biggest thing about it was because like i i admire the amount of social media content you put out james you're out for a walk in the woods and advocating this morning that people go naked and run i love it i i love your social stuff and so I, I must admit, I struggle in that space. So I find, I, I recognize and say, well, um, what, why am I going to stand out and get that platform? And, and for me, it's always been about demonstration. So l- less about beating the drum of, of what my experience is, more about showing up pragmatically with solutions. So in the HSBC work that I've done where I've spoken and about to, and about to start to do them again virtually, which is phenomenal. Um, to rooms of their customers and prospective customers, that's that's been fortunately a phenomenal platform for me because those individuals that come and uh, actually within a room with me or now you know watch me um, have been put there by HSBC's sort of recommendations. So this guy must be good. So I don't have to do all the beat beating of that drum and social media stuff. I just have to show up, be authentic, be straight, be that kind of like Northern, a, a spade is a spade, and then add value, solve problems. So in the HSBC instance, and we've had conversations separate to this podcast, so maybe I know a bit more insight than some of our listeners might know. But for example, when, when a, someone signs up to a new business account with HSBC, they get the sort of a, a set of a suite of tools or experts that they can sort of tap into. And you are one of the, the experts that HSBC recommend in terms of business growth strategy and sort of ongoing business development. Is that is that right? Have I sort of summarised it Similar, correctly? very very close. So in, in, in different areas around the UK or in the business banking segment, they like to put on a series of events for their customers and their prospects. And so it, it used to be inviting people, obviously, to physical events, and now they're inviting them to virtual events. So I'm going to be doing a series of virtual events for them, um, initially region by region. Uh, and we'll be talking about... Um, mindset through these these changing times and adaptability we're going to be talking about technology and innovation and we're going to be talking about cash strategies and cash management so um, i'm really exciting to be starting that journey again with them in, in in a way that's actually very similar to the way that it started back out in 2013 2014 fantastic which became an, a national rollout tool for over two years nice you can't yeah with that sort of level of credibility you don't need to do 
naked running through the woods. I think you're all right. <laughs> Just let HSBC do the credibility bit for you. That's absolutely fine. Uh, I want to talk now about this upcoming book that you've got coming out, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. It sounds very exciting. I've had uh, a pre-release uh, copy. Some of the uh, You sent me across a PDF. I've, I like it. I like it. I'm always a bit nervous when people send me stuff before a podcast. I'm like, oh, am I going to like it? And straight away, I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. So one of the things, there's there's so much insights and so much knowledge within it. But one of the things I really want to dive into today on the podcast is one of your, I guess, your core strategy that you take people through, which is called the strategy compass. And this is a a tactic and a system and a process that you've developed across your 25-year career. (laughs) And it's helped to, in some instances, you know, double businesses in a single year. So can you walk us through the the process of this compass? Because I keep seeing snippets of it online. I'm like, I just want to dive in. Just selfishly, I don't care about the listeners now. I just want to learn it for myself, to be frank. So walk me personally through the compass. So this came about out of 25 years of experience of seeing what worked and what didn't work in growing and scaling a business. And more importantly, what had to be there in order for it to work. So I want to say right from the outset that there's nothing here that's new. Most listeners will have come across all, if not some, of these concepts. But what I wanted to do was to to create something that's comprehensive that brings it all together in one place. So, for example, you can buy a book on strategy and you can buy a book on mindset, but they're usually not in the same place. I I think you're getting more cross-fertilization of ideas now. But I wanted to bring everything together. So there's, there's six stages um, I use the analogy of a compass because uh, sailing is a, and has is a key hobby of mine and has been a, a part of my life since I was fortunate enough at four to, to be introduced to it. So um, at the heart of the compass, there's, there's there's two things. One is purpose. You know, your business having a key a focus of about the bigger why. Of course, very popularized by Simon Sinek and his amazing TED Talk and book Start with Why. But I've seen so many, the reason why I chose, even though that's being spoken about a lot, the reason why I chose to make sure that it was at the core of the model, as I've seen businesses struggle in performance from their lack of engagement in their team. And the team aren't connected to what is it really about other than hitting some arbitrary sales or profit target. So actually getting businesses from the top down to really engage and feel and live what what are they up to in the world is very attractive to potential customers and it's very attractive to great talent and to retain great talent. So step one is that let's get clear about what's the difference that we're making in the world and what's the difference that not only we're making to our customers, but enabling them to make to their customers and helping people to think that next layer deeper has unleashed some really good creative ideas and a lot of engagement. Second stage is mindset, and it's come out a lot in this this conversation today, James. But the biggest thing that's made the whole thing that's the difference that's made the biggest difference in the change in the growth trajectory of the business owners that I worked with has been the shift in their mindset. Um, I used to run a, a program called W Business, and I was a bit reticent at first to have the kickoff, the launch event about this business growth program to be predominantly about mindset. I just thought, no, I've got to go with this because I know that unless we shift their thinking, we're not going to shift the results in their business. Um, They loved it. Those that went on to uh, more than double in a year were advocates, not only advocates, they were regular practitioners of the mindset tools that I share. And I break that down into a model called Strive and there's um, five tools I, I, I go through there. So purpose, mindset, step three is outcome. You know, the first thing we do after we've powered up our sat-nav or we switch the app on on our sat, uh, in our phone, our sat-nav app, is we put in a very specific destination. And yet, much to my surprise, doing those speaking tours around the UK, I asked every audience I spoke with, how many of you here have got written down and clear goals for your next one, two, three years? You know, a fairly obvious question. And invariably, 20% of the room put their hands up. And that really took me aback. So I thought I've got to make clear and don't take for granted that we're setting, um, when I'm working with clients, like what are the specific goals, the outcomes that we're working towards? So step three is the outcome. And step four comes very closely afterwards, logically, because once we've said this is where we're going, the next question our brain jumps in with is how? How are we going to get there? And that's strategy. And I use a number of models, strategic planning models that I use as lenses through which you can look at your business and that garners some really powerful insights. Step five is, right, we know how we're going to get there we in terms of the strategy, but we need, step five, the capability in our business to do it. 
that's systems and that's people. And there's a, a breakdown of and a mnemonic aptly named as scale that sort of breaks that down where I look at systems and cash and advance, which is innovation, leadership and culture, and then personal and team effectiveness. And then finally, action and accountability. You see in so many companies, large and small, there are inadequate or no accountability mechanisms in that business and um, performance that is promised isn't delivered. So I think when you put together an engaged um, work, an engaged team that are really passionate about the good they're up to in the world, they've got and are adapting and practicing strong mindset tools, they're clear on where they're heading, They've got a differentiated strategy in the marketplace so they can stand out. They've got the systems, the people, so that they've got the capability and the cash resources to scale, backed up by action and accountability. You're going places. Are you one of the coaches that coaches himself on this stuff as well? Because this all makes a lot of sense. I'm like, okay, yeah, but, uh, mindset, purpose, outcome, strategy, capabilities, action, that all, all kind of makes sense. But I find it in a lot of instances with coaches or mentors or sort of performance experts, they're great at dishing out the advice and it's very hard to sort of coach yourself. Do you walk yourself regularly through through this sort of process with with your own business? Yes, and um I guess I will dip in and dip out at various different stages of time. So, for example, you know, when everybody's into lockdown, uh, I'm immediately going to write what the cash strategy is and helping and checking that out with my business, but also making sure that that's sorted with my clients. Mindset, you know, mindset's really fascinating for me in terms of, you know, I know it. I've known it since the age of 16, 15, 16. I've not always practiced it. And whenever I'm seeing a reduction in results in my business, I turn on the mindset piece again and and I make sure I get back into the regular practice. And I'll be honest, I got a little bit overtaken by the wave of the impact of being at home at the beginning of the lockdown, two young screaming kids and, um, a heightened anxiety at home. And I let some of those mindset practices slip and I caught myself. I was writing the very point that you've just mentioned there, actually. I was making it, I was doing a podcast uh, from one of my uh, solo episodes called Hey Presto within the Business Mastermind podcast. And I was talking about being the victim or the victor. And um, my inner coach sits over my right ear. My inner coach, my inner coaching voice said to me, all right, so which one are you being right now then? And it was just, it, it. I have that inner coaching machine that's just been built in for so many days around the likes of Michael Breen and Paul McKenna and Richard Bandler. And I went, okay, so I have been showing up being a bit of a victim for a while. And so I just shifted it. I just went, right, here are the practices I need to be doing again daily. And within within two weeks, it was at about within, t- um, within about six or seven days, things had shifted externally within work opportunities coming in new uh, just phenomenal what are your daily practices you talked about them there and and as you've mentioned before when you've sort of looked uh, from the outside looking in or whether you've been a sort of a, a board member sort of advising on the growth of businesses great leaders and great people who are who are doing great stuff tend to have a great sort of outlook on on mindset and they will generally have a good um sort of structure and practice around their their daily life what what is your what are your daily non-negotiables that you have to do? You're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not practicing what I preach here. Exercise. Um, I, I've always loved exercise and how I, how I feel after it, and it really does sort of kickstart my system in the morning. So, um, I'm a massive fan of the Peloton bike. I hadn't been at all into cycling or specifically spinning, um, but we, we 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 got one November actually on a Black Friday deal last year, and it's just been a godsend since lockdown. So I'm they on the are bike. So cool, aren't they? Oh, I love them. They I think, are so cool. I'm, I think by the end of this week, I'll have hit 150 rides, and I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing five. I'm exercise five or six times a week now on the Peloton, which is which I'm loving, and I get the I get the buzz, the the, the adrenal, you know, the endorphin buzz after having done it, which um, I, I I hurt my knees weight training at university, so I can't, I'm not, I'm not a runner, uh, and I, I can run 15 minutes, and I've got like stabbing pains in my knees, so that doesn't work for me. But the bike's phenomenal. Um, so exercise first and immediately <laughs> sweaty mess after exercise I I sit down and I put I put my headphones in um, I do the Tony Robbins priming and I, I flip between just to keep it 
keep uh, sort of different between uh, Vishen Lakiani's six phase meditation on his Onvana app and Tony Robbins priming exercise. So within that, I get the visualization piece, the gratitude piece. And then the other thing that I do is I, um, in the book, I talk in the mindset chapter about identity and about writing your identity statement. Who do you see yourself as? And I have a written down version of my future self as a as a business owner, as a as a husband, as a father, as a as a friend. And I read that on a daily basis. Immediately after I've done the visualizations, I read that. And there's something that I've added to the practice recently. Uh, Vishen Lakiani has just Lakiani has just brought out his new book, The Buddha and the Badass, and phenomenal. And he said that you know to be successful in life, everybody needs the badass, but everybody needs that calm center, the Buddha. And he talks about lofty questions and this idea, and it it's very similar to the the part of the chapter I did on mindset where I'm talking about Noah St. John's book um, called Affirmations as opposed to affirmations. And the idea is you ask yourself a question centered around the goal. So, you know, um, I know one very true and dear to your heart might be um, to win um, an award in the podcasting awards in 2021. The lofty question could be, why is it so easy for me um, to win a podcasting award in 2021? Um, So I will ask myself on a regular basis, why am I always in the right place at the right time with the right people to do the right deal? Why is it so easy for me to get so much done in a day? And I've got it literally every time, you know, I might step up, grab a coffee, sit, grab a glass of water, sit down, you know, pop to the bathroom, sit down. As soon as I sit back down on the keyboard, my brain is just going, why is it so easy for me to get so much done? And it just focuses, really focuses. So those lofty questions, whereas you think about the goal, then you ask yourself, why is it so easy to dot, 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 has had a really big impact. So identity, visualize reading my identity statement visualization and um those lofty questions on top of exercise is now um absolutely part of uh, part of my day so when you talked a minute ago about sort of the victim or victor mentality and you know you could see a dip in your results or whatever it may be do you then physically not undertake some of those activities then were you sort of yeah i wasn't doing the mindset stuff right i was doing exercise but i wasn't doing the mindset stuff what was that intentional is it because you didn't believe the stuff that was on the identity statement or you couldn't answer the lofty questions or or what what is that is it kind of you that's a really good question you you stop doing the stuff you know that works is it it's almost like consciously holding your results back isn't it yeah it, it was that's a really for me what it was was oh well i've upped my exercise now instead of it doing three times a week i'm now exercising five or six times a week have i got the time for this hello yes of course i need to make the time oh really i should be maybe instead of doing after doing the bike i should maybe do a bit of a strength workout you know immediately afterwards no it's more important (laughs) that i work on my mind rather than my pecs Mm. so uh i think i think that's been that, that was been a big shift and I've seen I felt a lot better I've seen massive results externally as well um, since I've been making sure I was walking the talk again one of my big beliefs is that a coach is only as good as the results that they can help their clients to achieve so what would be if you had a and again you've got a, a long and illustrious career of 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 wins and lessons and learnings and projects you've been involved in if what what one project are you like or one thing have you done in business you're like oh yeah that's the one that's what I hang my hat on there's 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 several. There's one that's uh, coming to uh, um, heading nicely towards a, a rewarding for, for for my client step in the not too distant future. But the one I want to really talk about to mind is a a guy that came to me and said, um, "I'm struggling in my business. I'm in a high degree of personal debt. I have been seeing my long term girlfriend for years, but I'm not." I don't feel that I can propose to her until I sorted out my personal debt and sorted out my business. And um, so he came on the W Business Program. In 18 months, he grew his revenue by a factor of five times. Um, He went from physical retail to retail at physical and on digital to manufacture to contract manufacture. He paid, cleared his personal debt, he cleared his business debt, he scaled his business, he went through dealing with and um, cash flow challenges. Um, he proposed, he's a new dad, 
uh, as a result of the end of that kind of that story. So three or four weeks in now, him and his uh, fiance have had their first little girl and have been on him quite, quite every stage of that journey. Um, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been through that whole journey with him. He's, he's launching and growing in the US. And, it, and it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal that, um, you know, I, in some part, have had a part to play with that, that ultimately a chain reaction of events has, has, has brought a new life into the, to the world. So, oh, and his, his business is doing pretty damn well as well. You know, oh, that'll great. do as well. That'll do as well then. What's your, uh, what's your coaching superpower? Is there one thing that you're really, really good at or you can, you know, you can sort of read people better than they want to sort of give you the information or you're good at making them hold themselves to account or you can see problems further down the road, you know, in terms of their business? What's your what's your superpower if you could only I, nail it down I, to I, one? I think there's the, the, the two very related, but one is I'm able to join the dots together in a different way that releases new value. So I can take ideas for capabilities within a business that maybe they are undervaluing or seeing opportunities in the market and i just join the concept or join the dots together in a way that it well there's a there's a new there's a new differentiated play or proposition that we could do there um and i used to say a lot and i don't say it anymore but um through the i used to say i see stuff and i pay a lot of attention with a heightened degree of sensory acuity and some of a bit more uh, esoteric training that i've had to identify what's at the core of what's holding people back. And um, so I'm pretty good at cutting to the core. I also had a period of time where I had a business partnership with a guy that did horse whispering as a leadership intervention, which was phenomenal with someone that didn't have a background in horses, that the horses were like this great big readout dials to being how effective was your coaching question on the individual in terms of how the horse responding. And I know it sounds weird and wacky stuff, but it was phenomenal. You would, you would, you would, for example, I'd ask a, 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 a with the board of directors, you'd ask a board a CEO, could you just get this horse to follow you around a circle? No lead rope, no, 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 um, uh, no harness around its face. And the horse is only going to follow you if you are followable as a leader and your state. So the horse starts to follow you and um, then um, 80% of the way around the, ho- the circle, the horse stopped following this chief exec and walked to the centre of the, the room, the centre of the circle. And um, we said to him, so we said to the rest of his team and his board, so when you're 80% of the way through a project, you check out and move on to your next one. And all the boards looking around and went, oh my God, he does that all the time. It's so annoying. And just to have that, I, I had this, when I first was demonstrated this, right, get the horse to follow you to the other end of the riding school. I got going and I started, oh my God, it's following me. What if it stops following me? How am I achieving this? And as soon as my negative internal dialogue kicked in, the horse started to do this great big swerve away. And then the guy who was my business partner was coaching me on this. He said, right, stop your negative self-talk, right, focus on where you were doing, what you're doing before. And as soon as I got back aligned, this horse came back in and followed behind me. And it was like, whoa, we've got a physical manifestation here of how the stuff that goes on in our head affects the world around us. And that that was just so powerful. Unbelievable. How cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. Leadership horse whispering. Yep. Yeah, and... It helped back to your point about superpowers, though. It helped me through trial and error. And it's like having a, you know, a, a screen with a readout. It helped me hone and trust my gut instinct about how quickly and how deep lays deep could I ask in my coaching questions. So I kind of got pretty good then around cutting straight to the point and people, people just go, oh, you got me there then. And then we just sort that out, whether it's a business issue or it's a personal dynamic issue. So it's really helped me. I want to be respectful of your time and work towards wrapping up. I'm really, because I've got to get back to reading the rest of this book because it's hooked me in. It's hooked <laughs> me in. Um, survive and Thrive. Why should why should people pick it up? Who is it for? Right. So it's in, if in current times your business feels as if it's a bit in survival mode, then you need to do need to know what you need to do to get your boat, keep your boat afloat, to, to, to get your platform of your vessel ready to go across an ocean of growth. So there are some practical things you can do around cash, around revenue, around profits. That's all tactical stuff, but it's important because it, it, it protects and saves your business, but builds that platform for growth. Part two is about Thrive, and that's where we invoke the strategy compass, and it, I take you through the things that you can do with you and your teams in order to get your business 
business back thriving again. And ultimately, what I want for business owners, you know, ideally in that 500,000 to 5 million pound turnover area is you started a business for a reason that you had a passion, you believe you could offer your product or service better than somebody else. And for many, they've got battle weary and punch drunk. And I want to re-spark, re-incite that fire in the belly so they can make that difference to people, but also get their business and life back on their own terms and ultimately help people over a three to five year period. If they've got a number that they want to exit for or sell for, then then I'll get them there. Fantastic stuff. Where can people go and get a copy of this phenomenal book? So go to uh, www.surviveandthrive.cc. So that's surviveandthrive.cc. And I'll put a link in the show notes. If you're listening, if you're like, oh, I've got to get a bit of, I've got to get a dose of what that guy's on. I've got to get, hear more about the, the the practical practices that he puts in on a daily basis. Hear the insights and the acumen of a guy who's had 25 years worth of coaching experience. Then go to that website, click the link in the show notes, and it'll bounce you out to where you can go and pick up a copy of the book. Gavin, we're obviously living in slightly crazy times. I don't want to make this a Corona podcast because God knows there's enough of those about at the moment. But we're obviously living in very strange times at the moment. But what's the the one thing you're most excited about in in business for the rest of 2020 because i think it's fair to say it wasn't the year that we all expected it to be what's happening for you what you're excited about obviously other than the launch of the book what's coming up for you so i'm really excited about the opportunity to help um people actually like my dad who want to retire who haven't got succession in their businesses and helping them to move on to the next chapter of their life and take their businesses over, protect their legacy and protect their employment for their team and to go on and scale and grow that business. So I'm involved with a, with a business partner looking at acquisition opportunities where we can pull a group together and I can apply all of my skills um, that I've used to help others grow their businesses to grow a group of companies. So I'm super pumped and charged about that. Sounds very exciting. Gavin Preston, expert coach of 25 years of experience. Genuine pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you, James. Um, I, when I read your bio, I was like speaker, strategist, author, business growth mentor, host of the uh, the Successful Business Mindset podcast. I was like, this guy's going to have a lot of stuff to, to share. I was right to think that. It's been a genuine pleasure to have a conversation with you. If you've enjoyed this chat, go and click the link in the show notes now and go and get the new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure a Skill and Succeed in Business. Thank you, James. I don't know why I had to do that weird voice, but I kind of liked it. Hopefully you did as well, Gavin. I did. I did. That was fantastic. And to use one of your phrases from your podcast that I absolutely love, cheers for cheers your ears. ears. I knew you were going to use that one. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that insight into a bit of my background and the influences on my early stages around personal development and growth and coaching and sort of how I cut my teeth in this space and helping businesses to scale and grow. And an overview, of course, to the strategy compass, the model that sits at the core of part two of the book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. Remember, you can grab yourself for your own free copy by heading over to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I cover the cost of the book. If you cover the cost of the shipping and the handling, so head over to surviveandthrive.cc. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.